To have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Oh, is it yeah. that 200 inch box? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. Sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's happening, guys? Got a brand new podcast for you. So today on Eastman's Elevated, I have a new guest, Alicia Zimlicka. Alicia resides out of Bozeman, and I've been extremely impressed by her. Um, she's just figured out how to be consistently successful you know, on public ground with a bow in her hands in a short amount of time. And so she's real humble and open on the podcast and talks about her journey and, and what's helped her. She talks about mistakes she's made. Um, it's just a, a great back and forth. She's the perfect guest for the podcast. She's a, a hard worker. She's been involved with CrossFit for a long time and now um, doing some of the mountain tough. She's doing a a woman's camp that she's she's putting on, um, doing it real inexpensively, like $50 per person to help them become better at shed hunting and hunting and, and just gain the confidence to be outdoors. Um, so she's just a hustler. She's a go-getter, a hard worker, and, and a great hunter. And so um, this is an awesome podcast. I really enjoyed connecting and getting to know her, and uh, I'm sure you guys will too. Uh, she's always having fun and always laughing and joking around, which uh, makes her for makes for a good podcast guest as well. Um, so yeah, we'll get right into it. I just want to thank our sponsor for today's show, Onyx. Onyx has just changed the way I hunt and scout. So right now in application season, uh, I'm using their app uh, almost like a madman. But it there's just so much information you can gain from from their app. You know, you can do private public you can do satellite imagery topography you can do a hybrid map of both of those and then with all these overlays they have with with burned areas with roadless areas there there's so much information and scouting e-scouting you can do from the comfort of your home uh, a one-year subscription to either a state or all 50 states will get you access through your computer which it's always nice to have that that big screen and get a big overview of what's going on in the mountains and then you can also use it in your phone and you can use it with your phone even if you don't have cell phone coverage you just save the maps or catch them on your phone and then when you're in the area your gps will still work um, I use this constantly. It's scouting for hunts. I use it on the hunt, and then I use it after the hunt's done. Um, you know, looking over the areas I hunt and looking for new areas. It's just an absolutely amazing app. Uh, I love Onyx. If you guys aren't a member, um, make sure you get on some of their promo deals and get a membership. It, it's just a, a game changer for Western hunting. Uh, so thanks to Onyx for their continued support. With that, um, getting ready to take off for the Western Expo here. Um, should be a great time down in Salt Lake. I know we got some some good recordings lined up, and uh, be able to see uh, Ike and Guy and Brandon, Scott, Dan, all those guys. Uh, sure, I'll get Dan to sit in on a couple podcasts, but uh, just have some great content lined up for you guys. Uh, also, be applying for some Utah tags, so hopefully, I'll have uh, the lucky touch as I'm down there. Uh, it's such an awesome opportunity to be able to to put my name in a couple more hats down there for a couple premium tags. So, I'm really looking forward to it. So, if you guys are at the Western Hunting Expo, make sure to stop and say hi. Um, I'll be around the sportsman's booth. I'll be walking around. I'll be around that show, um, yeah, at least uh, uh, Friday and Saturday, and then uh, flying home Saturday night. So it should be a great time. Uh, make sure to check out. We're premiering a mule deer film. The Eastmans are. Uh, see, I believe that's um, Friday night, the the fourteenth, and so we're gonna premiere this film. It's got Mike Eastman that narrates it and just compiled so much footage of the the Wyoming winter range. And um, Eastmans is donating one hundred percent of the proceeds to. Um, to Wyoming migration management for these mule deer, which is just a great deal with with overpasses and um, you know so the deer can cross highways and things, uh, studying their migrational routes. Like, like so much great work is being done to protect what we all love, the the mule deer. And so um, 
yeah, Eastman's is is putting their money where their mouth is and and put together this project that is going to show the night of 14th Friday at the Western Hunting Expo. So if you guys are around for the dinner, make sure to make it. And there will be a, a full-length feature film that we're coming out with. So I'm just really proud of this project that Eastman's is putting together. And it should just be awesome to see some of those you know, some of the footage from some of those those winter range giant bucks, you know, that, that Mike and other guys have compiled over the years. So super excited for it. If you guys are around, make sure to check that out. Uh, yeah, we got some great podcasts coming your way. I've just been recording some, some just uh, radio gold as far as podcast episodes. So I'm super excited to continue to release those to you guys. Uh, I need to sit down and do a solo podcast and kind of talk about the Arizona desert. Um. Man, I, I mean, I learned a lot. I had such a great trip. Chase mule deer, chase coos. Um, it's just part of it. Uh, I, I hate to, uh, I hate to fail or take a loss. It wasn't a loss. It was, um, it, it was good, challenging hunting and good terrain and, and learning. And you know, it's just part of the Western game. Uh, you know, if I just wanted to pick hunts, I was going to be a hundred percent on. You know, I wouldn't be furthering my knowledge as a, a Western archery hunter. And so I'm just going to continue to challenge myself with these hunts. In these different habitats, these different challenges, I did a lot in the late season, but I mean, I think I looked back last season and I had a ton of success. I had a 11 archery harvest, but I, I did look, I had five mule deer tags, five mule deer hunts that I did, and I was successful on one out of five, 20%. So I definitely need to up my odds a little bit, but it doesn't scare me going on these tough hunts, these challenging hunts, um, just like this latest one in the desert, learning a new desert habitat, finding muleys down in those flats down in there, uh, uh, hunting coos, those whitetail coos are so challenging, so switched on, and getting some really good plays. Dan got a shot at one, and um, I had some close calls on some world-class deer, so you know, I'm, I'm furthering my learning curve and just getting better and better. I just can't wait for this next year to, to put in the work and preparation and, and to plan some of these these hunts that are outside the box. I'm looking at some other muley spots. I'd love to get into like southern Utah and some of their general units down there. Um, I always love the high country, but a lot of that stuff is like pinyon juniper forest and some of those red rock cliffs everywhere. So looking hard at that and um, just want to continue to tackle adventures and um, be the best bow hunter I can be. So it's fun to share the journey with you guys, but I do need to put together a solo episode about the Arizona hunt there, you know, general season, um, you know, over the counter with a bow and arrow. There's some really good units down there and uh, it may have came up a little short as far as far as putting my, my tag on a mature buck, but um, the knowledge gained is going to help me be successful in the future. Just want to share that with you guys in a solo episode and, uh, yeah, just continue to bring you guys good recordings. So a lot of good stuff in the works. Uh, make sure to check on, check out the, uh, beyond the grid or internet TV show, uh, Eastman's hunting TV. I've had a couple episodes come out on that here lately. And, um, the magazine, uh, the magazine, uh, the Eastman's Hunting Journal and the Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal. Um, each one of those publications, we put out six issues a year, so a total of 12 issues a year. And uh, we just have a, a, a great team of staff writers. Aaron Snyder's been writing a bunch lately, Dan Bacar, me, and then, you know, Scott Reekers or Brandon Mason will be in there, sometimes a guest writer, but just great information that pertains to being successful on 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 western grounds and so just great information uh we're going to get a new promo code but that promo code still works on the podcast if you put in elevated 319 in the coupon code it'll get you both magazines for a year subscription for 29.99 you know along with the the pro staff articles great subscriber stories i was telling you about that one with tony treach which we just laid down an awesome podcast man it was like Every time I talk to Tony, it ends up going long. So I think I'll just release it as one podcast, but I think, you know, it's close to two hours long. Um, I get a lot of motivation from that guy, and I love reading his story about that late January hunt. And then, uh, you know, we talked about this story. I don't think it's been published yet, or I don't know if he's written about it, but his story of last year, Colorado, a brand new unit and uh, tr harvesting a tremendous buck that he got a couple different chances at. It's just an amazing story. So that podcast will be coming up. But um, along with that in the magazines, we also have the MRS, the Members Research Section. Uh, it's just helped me out throughout the years to get to know these other states and what they offer for hunts. So 
it's it's uh, hugely beneficial for the Western hunter. And uh, like I say, you can get both magazines, $29.99. Just punch in Elevated 319 on the coupon code there, and you should be good to go. So um, thanks, guys, for the support. Let's get into this podcast. Alicia Zemlicka. Uh, I'm your host, Brian Barney, Eastman's Elevated. Here we go. Okay, I'm live here. I've got Alicia on the phone. Uh, Alicia, we were just talking. Um, you have been busy. You have a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, what you make it, though, right? <laughs> it is what you make it. Yeah, absolutely. So you're just getting back from Sheep Show, but I, I really wanted to get you on the podcast. I'm so interested on in so many things you have going on, but you're you're one of the girls that um, I've seen be consistently successful that have put those hunting skills together and those bow hunting skills together to to continually turn up great elk on public land mule deer antelope and it looks like you have a lot of fun doing it yeah i think i might annoy the people i go with a lot but i definitely bring uh, a sense of humor to hunting so well it should be fun along the way not just fun <laughs> yeah. when you're successful right 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 <laughs> you almost make more humor out of the unsuccessful times <laughs> like oh my gosh can you believe i did that like <laughs> Oh, it's complete so, comedy, isn't that? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what truly gets me laughing and cracks me up too. Is that true comedy like that when you when you make a mistake or then I, you know, I think I the hardest I've ever seen my buddy Dan laugh is when I missed a couple times on a hunt because I I couldn't stop making jokes about myself, you know. But yeah. <laughs> it's just hilarious. But yeah, you have to have fun while you're doing it. I think that's yeah. part of the key to being consistently successful. Oh well, awesome. Yeah, it must be work. Well, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not that great, but I think uh, if you're just out there doing it, eventually you're gonna you're gonna get it. <laughs> well, you're humble. You do very good with the bow and arrow. So um, thank you. <laughs> and I and I know how tough it is out there because I'm grinding on some of the same public lands that you are. So yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, and and well, and then I'm just so psyched to see that you've started up this this um this women's group or this women's camp that you're doing. And so you've got your second year coming up at this camp. Is that right? That's right. <laughs> Good for you. And so you're getting women together and you call it a, a hunting slash shed camp, correct? Yeah. it's We're doing a Ivor Nutrition's hunting shed hunting seminar. And there's a lot that fills that, but that's kind of what we're calling it. Oh, that's great. Well, and I like that you put shed hunting in, uh, you incorporated that into your camp because that is a season in itself. And Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, it, and it's fun, but how much do you learn just about elk habits through shed hunting, you know, where they like to bed and where they like to feed and where their travel corridors are and, and all of that, even if you're hunting sheds on the winter range, like all that applies to hunting season or into overall knowledge. I really think it's had a lot to do with my elk hunting over the years, improving those skills. <laughs> that's that's a really good way to look at it. I guess I've never directly looked at it that way, but yeah, where you're finding sheds is where they're spending, you know, the majority of their time. So I guess it does teach you, you know, when I teach people where to look for them, that's exactly it. That's where they're feeding. That's where they're watering. That's the the plan, the route that they're taking. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and it's so fun. You find one horn and your season isn't over. Your tag isn't notched. Like right. you get to keep going. And then it's yeah. fun to also know that that bull is still walking around out there, that you might yeah. have a chance to hunt him next year, you know, that he's going to grow another <laughs> year. Like I really like that aspect of it exactly. too. Exactly. It's kind of nice. You don't have to be super quiet and sneaky. You can take the, the dog along. You can listen to some music or some, I often listen to podcasts while I'm shed hunting. And yeah, it's just, it's a different, different kind of fun. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I forgot about that. It's nice to be able to take my dog because bow hunting, it's just not conducive. As good as my dog is, like he just can't take him bow hunting, but shed hunting, he's an animal. He does really good back there. So yeah, that's a good point as well. And, um, yeah, and they're they're just um they they're fun to find and it's a good season to get exercise. Oh, and then you can hunt them middle of the day too. It doesn't have to just be right. morning and night. Yeah, often you put a ton more miles in during shed hunting season than you will 
archery season per se because you just can't hunt elk in the middle i mean unless you bed one up you're kind of just waiting twiddling your thumbs that's exactly right yeah i um we had a common saying uh, during shed hunting that's um walk till you hallucinate you just keep <laughs> walking and walking and walking you start picking up sticks and put them uh, it's fun when you get in the zones like you have a lot of days of not finding or you know you have stretches of not finding but then once you get into them it's pretty exciting um yeah. i have to ask a question do you like yeah. the way those um elk sheds smell yes oh nobody understands <laughs> that <laughs> I'm not the only one that sniffs them. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sign of a true shed hunter is that you just oh. love that cedar smell on those mm -hmm. horns. And when they're fresh, they yes. smell way different than any other elk horn. But uh, it's almost intoxicating to smell those things. So I can tell you're a true shed hunter. If only you could bottle that up and <laughs> take it. Right? Uh, uh. Yeah, that could be a collaboration. We can come up with our own elk cologne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know how far it'll get you, but I sure I like the smell of it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. How cool. Um, well, yeah. So shed hunting camp, hunting camp. Yeah. I think it's just great that you're giving these school, these girls uh, or these women, the skills and the confidence to be out, uh, to be able to go out and, and be on their own or be in a, a hunting camp. I think mentors are so important. And and I think this is going to be like the the new age, the next phase of the hunting industry, or like these camps that you're putting on. I think you're in the ground floor and offering a, a really good service to these women. Yeah, I hope so. I know you guys put on a great camp with uh, Ryan Lampers and Hillary Lampers with the Selfie Hunter. And like, that's really good what you guys are doing. Um, and I've talked to women asking them, hey, why aren't you going? Why don't you just attend this seminar? And they're like, oh, I don't want to ask questions in front of the guys they're like so intimidated and so that's when it kind of sparked my interest well maybe we should do one where we take the guys out of the picture because I was that girl one time when I'm like oh my gosh I don't know how to tell which direction is east <laughs> I was that person <laughs> and you ask someone they're like what how do you not know what direction <laughs> east is and you're like never mind I was just kidding <laughs> I was asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it, I I'm I hope that I can be that research to where they don't feel like they're asking a dumb question. Yeah, that's great. Like you give them, um, you know, well, a safe space to ask those questions that we all have when we're starting out, whether we're women or men. Um, and, and even now and again, I'll even surprise myself with a dumb question that I come up with. So it happens to all of us. But that. No, that's great. I am, I am so happy for you that that's going well. So like, I guess a little background, like this is the first time that we've really sat down and chatted, but I've known you for a while. Like you've run in some of the uh, we've ran in some of the same circles or I've got some acquaintances that you're really good yeah. friends with. And so that's where I kind of met you. Um, but uh, crazy good success over the last couple of years. Congratulations on your season this year. There was sure a nice bull that you put down. It looked like <laughs> an old one. Yeah, thank you. He was a, I had no idea he was there until five minutes before I put an arrow through him. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. I was actually going after a smaller bull and, uh, that's what showed up. So that's what <laughs> that's oh. what I hunted. Wow, way to capitalize. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. <laughs> good. Um, there isn't many times when you see a different bull when you're still hunting or making a stock on another one. But uh, yeah, you made a quick change of plans and went after the bigger yeah. one. Yeah, huh? I was just like, what just happened in there? What did you eat to transform into? <laughs> oh, so he was right where you had left the smaller one, and then you got there, yeah. and the bigger one was there. Now, yeah, did he like, did he come what? in and take over the cows, or was it a different group altogether? There was no cows, so he just showed up he i was like all right i'm gonna commit to shooting this small six point because i want to tag out so i can go to my niece's birthday party um and i committed to it and he bugled just over the ridge and i was like here he comes and then these huge horns came over the hill and i was like what in the world is that bull <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah they uh sometimes transform too they're tricky <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's uh, well, sometimes you just put yourself in the right place, and then like I really think bow hunting is about capitalizing on those opportunities, you know. And so yeah, uh, you were able to capitalize when you saw that bull, and keeping your cool is no easy feat when a bull like that is coming in, and you have trained yourself in a short amount of time, like to be consistently successful with a bow, which I always say is like the toughest thing on planet Earth. Like, what are you, some of your secrets that you've used to keep your calm, to keep your composure, to make sure you're choosing the spot um, <laughs> on a bull? Um, I know it's tough to describe or tough to think about, yeah. but I was just wondering your your thoughts on it, on executing on, on big game animals. Yeah. Gosh, I'm not too prideful to say I've learned from way too many mistakes <laughs> so all of us um, yeah. right I, i've and made I, think... I always say that failure is a prerequisite that you have to fail to learn from it and that that all of us fail um way more than we like to admit sometimes yeah oh my gosh i've failed more than i've had success so um but surrounding yourself with good people too that are willing to help and just taking every asking more questions being the annoying person maybe that asks a million questions, but then it just like that bull this year when that big bull came up over the hill, I had earlier that season jerked the trick, you know, you draw your bow back and you get fur in your sight and you just want to get it over with. You just yank the trigger and oh my gosh, it was bad. So, uh, that bull was fine. I didn't <laughs> kill him, but, um, when this big bull came up over the ridge, it taught me, no, hold your, sh hold it together do not pull your bow back yet. You know, like I was yelling at myself in my head. And then when I finally did get that opportunity to pull my bow back on him, making sure I placed my pin right where it needed to be. And then don't yank the trigger, wait two more seconds and just slightly pull. And my arrow went right where I was aiming. I'm like, that's how it's supposed to go. <laughs> oh, good for you. Doesn't that it's feel you. good and add to the experience when you yes. execute a perfect shot like yeah. that? Yeah, it double long. It was just like <laughs> I knew when I watched my arrow sink there, I was like, yeah, I got him. But the previous bowl before that, I messed up big time. And so you just, unfortunately, it takes mistakes to and you have to want to change you have to not want to make that mistake again <laughs> so that a girl that is uh like perfectly described or i can relate to that so much what you talk about failing uh punching the trigger was was my um one of my biggest mistakes you were you uh, you uh described it like your your pin just find body and you just make it go like just now you know <laughs> right, instead you of taking that extra just and it doesn't take but fractions of a second to let that pin settle but if an elk are so big you know that you almost feel or or i have in the past like you just want to get an arrow into them but they really take a precise shot to bring down and so when you make a mistake like that I always do better after I make a mistake, exactly like you did on the bowl this year. Some of my best bucks have came from redemption, from messing up an opportunity or messing up a shot. And just like you say, you you get so mad at yourself, but you can't have that one back. You can't have that situation back, and so you can let that ruin you for a season. Or you go, you know what I'm going to do is on the next one, I'm going to do it like this, and I'm going to make sure I do it like this. And so then, like you saw that bull coming over the ridge with his horns, and you were screaming at yourself to take your time, to place that pin. Like, like that's almost how it's got to be. And that's when I would do my best work, like, years past is, gosh, I'd miss a buck or something, and it would just eat me alive, but I'd be – so strong-headed after redemption and doing things right that then eventually it'd work out and I'd end up getting a buck, you know? Yeah. You have these, like, two mini versions of yourself, one on each shoulder, the one telling you, hurry up, draw your bow back, get the shot off. It's like the little devil. And you have, like, the good one that's like, no, Alicia, you know exactly what to do to make a good shot. Now do it. Like, don't. It, this, it's not over until it's over. <laughs> so... It's funny. Good for you. Yeah, it's um, it's such a mind control or um, isn't it like really controlling your thought oh, process? Yeah. And then, you know, 
you go into autopilot a little bit on the shot sequence, but I try to remember like the most important thing, you know, for me, you know, settling that pin or like, um, like you were saying, jerking the trigger. When I get back to full draw, like I want to pull, pull, pull on my shot and it doesn't take but another second or two to break, but it makes all the difference in the world. And so I'll walk around the woods constantly telling myself, pull, pull, pull when I'm stalking, when I'm getting (laughs) close, when I, I, I don't know. It's just been the route that I, or the way that I've done it, but I'm glad to hear that your, your path has been similar, that you can relate to that. Yeah. Well, good for you. Cause uh, sometimes you just don't figure it out and you just keep making the same mistakes, but it sounds like you've done a really good job at learning from them too. Well, like you say, you fail enough, eventually you get mad at yourself, you figure mm-hmm. it out. But yeah, and it's just experience <laughs> too, isn't it? Just the longer you do yeah. it, the more confidence you gain in yourself and in your shot. And and that can all go away, like you say, with one bowl that you mess up a shot, all of a sudden your oh confidence is rattled. Um, yeah. But, oh, but last... you, you do gain it over the years. Yeah. I remember last year I let the temper get the best of me on one of my bowls that I, I completely missed and at 65 yards. And uh, that, I mean, you can, you can relate. We can shoot really well on target. You know, I'm comfortable. I would say on a target, I could shoot 70, maybe 80 on a good day, but that doesn't mean you can do that on an animal. But anyways, I missed this beautiful, it would have been probably a 330 bull, great bull. And I remember hip checking my backpack onto the ground (laughs) and I broke my tripod and I was like, well, that's what you get for throwing your pack <laughs> on the ground, like you dummy. <laughs> we call that a karma break. <laughs> right. So now I have to invest in a new tripod. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, lesson learned. Don't throw your stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I learned early on, too. I had to control my tantrums. Like, I, I couldn't get mad every time, right? I just had to take <laughs> right. it and try to learn from it and get better. But uh, I am also not immune to it. Like, this year we were trying to film an elk hunt. And I had my cameraman on a really nice six point and he's a new young kid, but a, a go for it, really sneaky. He'll do anything like he's a great kid, but um, he set himself up up in the bush in this giant six point. We've been waiting and all the cows fed at us and the bull hadn't showed up, but we knew he was there. And so we were just waiting, and all of a sudden, here comes the bull, and he comes cruising in. He's great big six-point, like a, like a 320, 330, um, nice. but really nice long tines, you know, uh, dark horns. And he, he comes in, and uh, instantly he doesn't go to the cows. He kind of veers to the right, and I figured out later he was chasing a bull, but he just came out, and he was broadside at 50 yards there. And I had just asked my cameraman seconds before if he had him, and I said he said yes. And uh, so I went to full draw, and then I heard his his voice, and he goes, "I don't have him, I don't have him," you know. And I, and so I let down, and and you know, then the, all the elk saw me oh, yeah. let down, and it. all blew up. And oh. and and in hindsight, I was as much to blame as he was because I really should have let the bull chase that other bull off, come back to his cows, you know, be more patient, really wait for that shot. But I saw my broadside opportunity, went back to full draw, and those elk saw me, and so. Yeah, I I threw my bow down in the grass and you I said oh, bomb, no. <laughs> which I don't I don't normally get frustrated, but I was so frustrated in the moment, oh. you know. But it it all worked out and we made a good team. And you know, days later we ended up arrowing a bull. But yeah, it's funny good. sometimes. Um, I'm not immune to a temper tantrum either. I I usually <laughs> like to so be nice. calm and I like to be. Um, <clears throat> I always say worth the price of admission. Like I like to enjoy what I'm doing and enjoy the intense encounter, but sometimes you just want them too bad. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, that's like, we're all probably the same. (laughs) We're all human, right? We all make mistakes and try to learn from them. We're all just trying to get better at this, at this deal of life and hunting as we go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so funny but yeah well um yeah i just i think it's so awesome some of those bulls you've produced over the years have just been amazing so i I was always wondering i'm always interested in everybody's process or how they get better um but yeah it sounds like you're just through experience and then you also you had mentioned your mentorship and your hunting crew you have a really good hunting crew and surround yourself with with guys that are also successful guys and gals um how big of a part is that for your learning curve? Like just being around those people you were saying you're so inquisitive asking questions. Yeah. You know, I just wouldn't even be where I'm at today without surrounding myself with the people that I, 
I hunt with, I hunt with them, my archery league with them, I summer shoot with them in the backyard. Um, it's just, they're so good. I would say, you know, I personally, I know a lot of hunters. I don't know all of them, but if, if, um, any one of those guys that I hunt with, if they find a bull they want to kill, by gosh, they're going to get it killed. And they're the best hunters I know. Like I said, I don't know all hunters, but they're so smart. When it, and they all have a different style, too. We've all kind of developed our own style. Kind of funny, I don't really hunt with – I mean, I am go by myself a lot now. I've kind of gotten to that point where I'm like, I can do this, and, and I do. And um, I don't think I've killed an animal with my husband for like two years now, maybe. No, he was right next to me with my antelope this year. But, yeah, so – he hunts completely different than I do. <laughs> I like to have fun and he's very serious. <laughs> so <laughs> we go our separate directions, but they are, you know, the reason I've become successful is surrounding myself with them. That is really cool. So you talk about the different styles of hunting. I see that in my buddies too. I see everybody's got like a different like it, some of my some of my buddies are really aggressive and they're successful doing it. And then I have other buddies that that are really patient and slow and they're successful doing that. And you know, I feel like I'm somewhere middle in the spectrum, but I definitely see <coughs> like like different hunting styles as I hunt with different people. That's interesting that you see the same and that you know that crew that you run with. Every one of those guys is so successful in the bow hunting worlds. So that's interesting to hear that they kind of have different styles or different tactics. Yeah, um, how, they're completely different. How how would you describe some of the differences between them? Um, I would say, like Lucas is very aggressive. Like hurry up. Like, like I'm not waiting for you. You better get your butt up this hill and we're going. And then. Um, very aggressive, like getting in there, um, getting it done. I'm very cautious. I kind of like, like I was hunting with Jason once this year too. He's very aggressive too. Almost <laughs> in my opinion, I don't know. We're all different. Just he's very aggressive as well. Um, we were making a game plan. I'm like, he's like, let's go out here and get them. I'm like, actually let's wait here. They're going to come to the timber, you know, eventually he's like, no, no, let's go. I'm like, ah, I'd rather just wait back here. In my <laughs> I know there's cover here. There's not cover out there. And so, um, yeah, it was just a, um, and then Kylie, he's just kind of like me. He's kind of slow, takes his time and, um, really assesses every situation. So yeah, we're all just, well, that's, we're all a little different. <laughs> that's so great. Like, and you've developed your own style of hunting, and now you've had enough success doing it that you believe in it, and and yeah. you're able to stick by it. I, I just, yeah. I think that's great. I think that's like we all need to kind of develop our skills. And if anything, like I hunt, I hunt really aggressive too. I like to get there. I like to cut them off. I like to go. I like to. Yeah. I'm always going. <laughs> I'm always always sending it. Sometimes to my own detriment. But just the more I learn, just the more. You know, I still want to continue to be aggressive, but I want to be patient in those moments when you're waiting for the right angle or when you're yeah. in range of that animal. Like, I don't want to push it to failure. I want to kind of let those animals move out or make the last move or the last mistake and try to really keep that element of surprise in my favor and, and not show my cards, not let them see me get drawn, not let them, you know, see me try to get a range or whatever the case. So, but as the years go on, I just keep seeing that I just want to, you know, there's situations where I can be more and more patient that I think would enhance and make me better. Yeah, I would hear all the time, hunt smarter, not harder. Oh, so true, <laughs> like, isn't it? Uh, it's hard to do, though. There's, oh, man. I'm pretty quick to, I have very good eyes. They kind of call me eagle eyes at camp. Um, I have really good eyes. I can spot elk six miles away pretty easily and get to them. It's like that last hundred yards where I'm almost, I'm still learning, so I have a lot to learn. But I'm almost a little too cautious, like closing that last hundred yards. Like, I'm just like, oh, I know I'm going to bust these out of here. I just know it. Like, I just, I don't, I need to quit doubting myself so much. Gotcha. Well, <laughs> um, well, it's really introspective that you can look at your skills and where you're at and where you want to improve. So much of that 100-yard gain is like, is like reading those animals and knowing what you can get away with and what you can't. I know you've learned that over the years hunting all this, these Western species, but yeah, just like knowing what you can get away with and what you can't and not pushing it to failure. Like, 
knowing when everything's looking away or feeding when you can move or when you do have cover and it it blows up on all of us but yeah i i think it's great when we can look at our skill sets and and try to see ways that we can improve and we just start like learning the animals a little better like you just said right there <clears throat> sorry i'm down tail no end of a cold here yep. um there was you know there was one instance this year i actually took it took me like a half an hour but there was a little like raghorn bull feeding in this wide open field that i needed to get through to get to where i saw a big bull and I just know elk because you're around him enough, you know. So every time he'd put his head, I'm like 300 yards from him in a wide open field. Every time he'd put his head down and feed, I'd sneak a little bit further through this field and he'd pick his head up. I'd stop. He'd look around and he'd put his head down. I'd sneak. I got all the way past him in a wide open sagebrush flat without him ever noticing I was there. I'm like, Okay, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, good on you. Yeah, you had your sneak on on that one. Well, but so you wouldn't be able to do that on an antelope or on a mule deer. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you just know what species you can get away with some stuff with. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, uh, and, and also, like with reading those animals, too, um, you know, knowing what you can get away with and what you can't, like uh, – uh, just just being able to, to read their body language and bulls help too because they've got five feet of antlers above their, their head yeah. if they're a good one. But you can a lot of times tell how alert they are by the way their horns are sticking up. You can tell which way they're looking. You can yeah. tell a lot of that. And even with the cows or you know, with other species reading their ear tips and where they're looking and, and kind of their behavior that way. And and how many times like that raghorn bull it seems like spotting and stalking, sometimes you're just pinned down. Like uh, that yeah. bull you were able to work around, but sometimes you just like trying to get into that bull, but then you run into cows and the cows oh, are yeah. at 50 yards. And sometimes you have to hold still for a half an hour and you lose your opportunity because the bull goes over the hill. Yeah, but you just dough. You just know you can't blow up those elk into other elk. And so, gosh, you just end up staying frozen for so long at different yeah. times on, on different stocks pinned down. I know I had this late season uh, mule deer hunt in a bordering state and I hunted the late season down there and I had this really nice 30-inch buck and I hunted them all day long and a foot to two feet of snow but he was with 25 does or 20 does and then three or four different bucks and so every time i kind of get close to the herd and put myself into position that big buck would just never come my way or in a shooting <laughs> lane but i swear i could have shot all 20 of those does and every one of those bucks in there i just could not get a shot at that big 30 inch buck he and he gave me the slip that day you know but um it, it's pretty wild how sometimes you're just frozen and got to hold a yoga pose for minutes <laughs> yeah which is why fitness is good to have a in your life as well Oh, you were so into fitness. That's been so fun to follow. So you've had quite you've it sounds like you've had um a CrossFit career and then um now you're working hard at a, a different place, right? Yeah. Now I'm a, a mountain tougher. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, they're uh such good people here. If nothing else, just like uh walking into the gym and they're like, Alicia, oh my gosh, we're so glad you're here. Let's get you let's get a sweat on today. It's just they're they're awesome people. Oh, that's co really cool. Everybody. Yeah. Well, and you're you're coming back from an injury yourself, right? A knee injury? Yeah, this darn knee has been hurt for well, it's been two hunting seasons that I went through with the hurt knee and um just got some bad news that it wasn't going to get better on its own. So I ended up having surgery about 2 months ago and um here we go. <laughs> Oh, well, um, you know, there, there's no way uh, through it, but forward, uh, how tough is it? Like, it's tough physically, like through the last couple seasons. I'm sure you've dealt with a lot of pain, but how tough has it been on you mentally? Oh, my gosh. Honestly, as an um, avid athlete, and maybe it's because I'm so competitive, but that's honestly one of the reasons I had to step back from CrossFit is I couldn't put my – this is almost embarrassing. I couldn't put my pride down at the door and I'd hurt myself more trying to keep up with the – I used to be that top athlete at the gym. And, you know, then watching people start to beat me. And um, I'm so thankful for this injury because it's humbled me to a better person. But I, I used to not be that way. And um, 
it was hard to not for one, your body changes because you can't work out as hard as you wanted to. And you're not where you were for two. You're not that number one person on the leaderboard anymore. And you just can't do the thing. Like I haven't been able to go for a jog in the mountains for two years now. So it's, I, I tough it through hunting season and grit my teeth and just go a lot. But <laughs> after right after archery season this year, I got my surgery because I couldn't do I can't do it anymore. <laughs> it was it was getting to be too painful. Oh, Alicia, yeah, that is but. so hard, horrible <laughs> to hear. Like I, I um, injuries are just the absolute worst, and I haven't had anything that bad. But I know you know you have some nagging injuries here or there, and it it's just so tough on me. Is tough on me mentally as physically, and yeah. I have the same problem as you do where I just will not give my body rest. It starts to feel better after a week or two, and then I'm back at it, and then I re-injure it, and it's another yeah. couple of weeks. And yep. like, I think my worst injury was like an IT band that I had that was really inflamed for – I think I battled it for six months, and and then you're questioning what the right move is, and if you're gonna have to get surgery, and oh. you know what's that pain I keep feeling. You're always thinking about it. I I feel for you. That's horrible, but it sounds That's like you're game. on the road to recovery. Like yeah. got that surgery done. How's your knee feeling now? You know it's doing good. I think I blew out of the gate a little too hot. I was excited. Um, and so the last few weeks at PT, they're like, you need to kind of be a little bit more careful. <laughs> like, remember you just had surgery. I'm like, okay, I don't want to do this all over again. Yeah. So, um, stepping it back, um, which is nice with now tough cause it's a lot of cardio, but then I can do like just upper body stuff. I, <laughs> when I started mountain tough, I think I could do maybe eight strict pull-ups and then Tuesday before I left for sheep show I did like 40 so I'm like okay well obviously my upper body strength is improving oh my gosh 40 that's crushing (laughs) it um it's fun I really like it gosh I work on my pull-up game constantly and it is really tough to improve yeah that's awesome yeah good on you yeah (laughs) well Well, and it's good when you can get like that that workout that you're looking for but now you've just shifted a lot of it to your upper body which is great that's always I always think about that if I get an injury you know running is such my my core exercise and fitness and I I do lift and um but but gosh I uh transferring over like you you just got to adapt, right? You got to take yeah. what, what life gives you. And if, right. you know, you can sit and fret over it. It's just like like missing that bowl or, you know, you could think about that miss all day from Sunday or you get yourself back on the horse and get after it. And like you say, it's right. the hands you've been dealt and just you do. a. It seems like you do a real good job with a positive attitude and just focus yeah. on your recovery and get that thing back to 100 percent. Yeah, I remember three days after my knee surgery, I walked into the Mount Tough gym and Dustin was like, Alicia, what are you doing here? <laughs> I was like, I just want to be around my friends and I just want to do some bench press, okay? <laughs> good for you. So, yeah, it's great. It feels so good to work out. It's such a yeah. stress reliever and uh, yeah. doing things positive for your body. So yep. I'm with you. It's um when you, when you build such good positive habits, you don't want to let go of them because they – you know, they enhance your life so much. So I can definitely see that. But yeah, three days after surgery, it's a little crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I was bored. I was bored already. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, well, good. So recovery is coming good. Um, yeah. And then how long do they think your recovery is on that knee? Um, it just depends on, I think I'll be back to like hiking by spring shed hunting. So four months-ish on the surgery. Um, I'm not sure if I'll ever go back to being a big, heavy, strong lifter again just because different things there's more important things in life I get I've like I said this injury was a blessing in disguise because I've learned that life doesn't revolve around the gym so I'm keeping myself um in mountain shape at Mount Tough and you know able to handle what the mountain brings me but um yeah I'm not I'm not sure I'm gonna go lift be real heavy strong again ever that's also really hard it's you have to you have to train a lot to to be at that level so i'm okay with where i'm at and that's that's good yeah um it's amazing how we get perspective on our lives when something like that happens or even like like being out in the woods and hunting gives me perspective on my yeah my life absolutely. as well and you can kind of like uh, uh take yourself out of out of your own head or out of your position or look at things from afar and kind of go like where where do i want my life to go what do i want my future to look like so yeah i, I think that's awesome i'm sure fitness will always be a huge part of your life but the competitions <laughs> yeah. um you're not going to do those anymore 
Yeah, I might change it up. I might. I think I'm going to train for some train to hunts this summer. Oh, those look like fun. It, yeah. And it looks like a good group of people as well. Yeah. So I think that'll be my new goal. It's a lot easier on my body. And there's some under pressure shooting skills that you have to learn that really challenges me. So I'm looking forward to that. That's um, so important in practice is that under pressure <laughs> shooting skills, like you said, like uh, you, you talked about shooting league with all your friends. Even just shooting with your buddies is so much different than shooting by yourself, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. Yes. It never, ever is as easy in the field as it is at Archery League. And you try to practice those hard positions that you're going to be put in. You know, like I shot my antelope on my tippy toes this year. <laughs> but, like, you don't practice that. But there's so many. And you're never, ever practicing, oh, I just ran to the top of a hill and I can't even breathe. I'm dizzy and I have to try to draw my bow back and shoot this animal. <laughs> like, you don't practice that. No, there are definitely some situations you can't practice, but those pressure moments of shooting in front of friends definitely helps your game or helps yeah. your archery skill set. Uh, you shot your antelope from your tippy toes, like trying to yeah. shoot over a little mound or a, uh, yes, some grass exactly. or something. Yeah, it was a mound, and I thought I would be able to clear it, but I got it full draw, and I'm my you know peep sights on him, but there was grass in the vitals, so I'm like, oh, shoot. So I had to get as much... High, like as high above the grass as I could and it was on my tippy toes and then I I mean it worked but whoo that was a hard shot <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a high degree of difficulty um <laughs> good going on that those antelopes sure teach you what you can get away with and what you oh can't my those gosh. things are so switched on aren't they they're so hard to hunt well I hear from some people you know like Kylie shot one through a blind one well he shot through the antelope decoy one time and then the antelope came around on his side of the decoy at like 20 yards each or I don't remember how far but yeah the antelope then came onto his side of the decoy and he shot it I'm like why can't I get those kind of antelope <laughs> <laughs> like oh man yeah it it seems They're like tough. A, uh, they oh. are tough they just you even think about coming up over that hill and looking at them and they see you like you, right. you can't <laughs> It's just amazing what they can pick out and how good their eyesight really is. And they definitely have some weaknesses, you know, the blind and, um, you know, I, I know, you know, vehicles are not as scared of and things. But I don't know. The antelope I hunt are so switched on. They even see a vehicle and they're running, you know, they'd right. be 300 <laughs> yards away. Um, but those things sure sharpen my skills. They sure make me better at elk and deer. Uh, it's just that experience is just, you know the absolute best teacher and i think it's good like to listen to podcasts to ask questions to go to these seminars you know we're in the information day and age and i i just wish i would have had this when i started out so i definitely think people can shorten their learning curve but that's just no substitute for that experience you have to take what you learned and then apply it in the field and i think that experience is what really makes us better right and that's something i try to tell those girls too they're like how did you do that and like well, I spent, you know, almost 30 days in the field for archery elk this year. I mean, you're bound to determine and you're going to get opportunities. So you're going to be learning. You just have to get out and get the experience. You know, sitting on the couch at home on the weekend wishing you were out hunting isn't going to get you the experience. So you just got to get out and do it. Yeah, that's absolutely right. That's so good for those women. How? Um, so you got that camp coming up that's um, like uh, mid-March, right? Yep, March fourteenth. Okay, and then Saturday. how many how many spots are you do you have available for the class? We had forty spots available. We have uh, thirty. Last time I looked, I think we'll have thirty one seats left. Nice. So um, it's we got a little ways yet still, but um, it's definitely something that if I was a new hunter, I wouldn't want to miss. It's going to be really informative. It's a good group of girls to collaborate with. There's going to be a lot of information. Um, I'm providing the lunch. It'll be by Birch Barrels is going to come cook up elk brats for us. And um, we're going to do a team workout at the beginning of the seminar. Obviously, that's optional. You don't have to come do that. But um, bring your hunting pack, bring your gear, and we're going to do a Mountain Tough Fitness workout. And then we're just going to um, – I'm going to teach everyone through my other business. Ivory Nutrition is hosting this, but um, so I'm a nutritional coach for hunters and outdoorsmen. So I'm going to teach these women how to calculate their calories or macros based on what their goal might be. Um, maybe they want to lose some weight. Maybe they want to put on some muscle. Maybe they just want to improve their performance. <clears throat> 
excuse me. So, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Oh, how cool, Alicia. Yeah, that is so neat. Um, so it's a, a one-day camp. Is that how you're going to run it, or is it two yes. days? One day. Nope, this one's just a one-day. So, yeah, that's kind of the morning schedule. And then um, Onyx Maps is going to teach us a little bit. You know, we always want to learn. If nothing else, they want these women to be able to find their way back to their vehicle. So setting waypoints, learning about Onyx Map, kind of where you can hunt, where you can't hunt. And then the afternoon will be filled with... Hillary Lampers is going to come talk about how our body, how our bodies process that awesome lean organic meat that we're harvesting. Um, so I'm really excited to have her and she's such an inspiration to so many women and men. And then um, we're going to dive into talking about shed hunting and where to look and why to look there. And then we'll talk about hunting kind of the day in the life of what I do when I'm hunting and maybe it'll resonate with some ladies. And then we're going to do a heavy pack challenge at the end of the day. Oh, how cool. And that yeah. um, gals can find out about that through your website, right? Yep. It's at ivorynutrition.com or you can look us up on Facebook or Instagram. Um, the tickets are being sold on Facebook or through the website. Oh, how cool. Good for you. And they're actually a really great price. We lowered our price by $50. So these tickets are going to be $49. And that's just because we decided, I just, I really want to have women there. I'm not in this to make, I'm not going to make an income anyways on it, but I just want to get more women in the door and get more women rocking and rolling in the direction of doing hunting. Oh, that is a steal. What a great deal you're offering those women. And I'm, I'm sure it's going to continue to grow and pick up steam because I, I just think um, it's so beneficial for those ladies to have a mentor like that. And the Onyx training, I think, is really cool because that's a big part of it is just knowing that you're in the right, that you're on oh your public gosh. grounds, right? that you not are not going to get lost, that you, yep. you know, and then you can enjoy your experience. But if you're not comfortable or confident in doing that, you know, that could be one of the biggest hurdles to hunting by yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. want to know where you're at. <laughs> you don't want to make a mistake either and be in the wrong spot. No, that's it. Um, a nutritional coach. So, this is interesting to me. Like I'm always interested in um, nutrition. Um, so, so uh, how did how did you come across that as far as being a nutritional coach? Yeah, I like I said, I was a CrossFit athlete for six years, and you wouldn't believe how much my my performance and recovery improved when I hired myself a nutritional coach and learned how to calculate my macros. Granted, I had a pretty extreme goal, so I was weighing and measuring every single ounce of food I ate every single day. And um, just that that hunting season came around, and I, at that time, had my best hunting season ever, too. So I was like, gosh, this all plays a role together. I think there's something here. And the market's pretty saturated with nutritional coaches. So I said, why don't I just dial myself into knowing, you know, I know hunters and what they have to go through in outdoorsmen. So why don't I just do this? I love and have so much passion for hunting in the outdoors. I'm just going to offer nutritional coaching to that specific group of people. And kind of what I found like at sheep show is a lot of the questions there in that particular setting were guides who are going into the mountains and back living out of a backpack for 10 days at a time for up to three or four months. So I had, <clears throat> One client came by the booth, um, an awesome guide out of British Columbia. He lost 50 pounds in, I think it was three months, maybe four, during hunting season. And so he was obviously not getting enough calories. Like, that's incredible. So we talked and got him on a meal plan, and we're going to work with him through the summer to kind of – he does mountain tough online. So – we're going to improve his performance in the gym to get him ready for the backcountry. And then when that time comes, we're going to calculate, calculate out exactly how many calories he needs per day and find foods that fit into that lightweight. You know, he's got to pack it all in his pack. So making sure we're going to try to get him to not lose 50 pounds this year. Um, so we've got to get his caloric intake up. Oh, how that's, cool. That's just one example. You know, we yeah. do weight loss challenges. We do um, I work with a couple guys at Mount Tough that want to put muscle on. So, you know, fine tuning their macros, but not everyone wants to do macros. So we work off of just calories and uh, a lot of it's psychological too. There's a lot of mental health that goes behind our relationships with food. Oh, there is. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Um, 
that that can be understated like uh yeah all of our relationships with food you know um yeah i know i'm always trying to improve mine and i've tried different things and um you know and just seeing how my body responds to it and what's beneficial for me and what feels good yeah Um, but boy to have somebody like you at their fingertips to really dial it in uh, i could see where that'd be hugely beneficial i you know and i know i'm always trying to you know i just try to eat real foods and i I try to um you know make sure that i'm not overeating and then you know not too much sugar not too many carbs but enough i need uh, sugar and carbs when i'm running all the time i i need that energy but um yeah it's it's like a, a a constant work in progress but i can see where we're having you to to help uh, let us know what what is beneficial and what isn't uh, would just be huge for nutrition. Yeah, and also functionality. Like we're we're hunters. We're gonna go have beers. We're gonna eat the pizza. Like so, learning how to incorporate those things into your diet because I don't want to remove that. But let's just t- maybe take away in other areas. So if you know you're gonna go to archery league on Wednesday or Thursday night, let's save some carbs that day. You know morning and in mid afternoon so that we have them saved up for the evening and so functionality is pretty great too that's kind of how i roll with my nutrition because i'm not going to cut out the the beer and the wine and um i'm you know going to have a piece of pizza every now and then so i make it work in what i have so yeah well it can't be so rigid either you know uh, part of part of eating is the enjoyment you get out of it too like um but but yeah, that's great that you can you can uh, cater it or tailor it for that. Because like you say, league night and you go out with buddies and you have a couple beers. I like that uh, in the beginning of the part of the day, you plan for that. So then you yeah. don't have to feel so guilty or so bad when you do go out <laughs> right. and have a couple beers. Like you've already accounted for that. That's awesome. Yep. Um, yeah, and that's like, like real life nutrition as well. Um, you know, to where, you know, not all of us hunters are weighing out our food or our, yeah. our macros and so, yeah, to have like a, a reality-based nutrition plan, uh, I think that's great. Thanks. Yeah, yeah you just got to make it work with everybody's different and everybody's busy. So maybe convenience is really big for one person. So working with them to find something that's convenient. Or maybe there's someone that I have a guy who he really likes a homemade meal like every single day, like a fresh, no leftovers. So that's a different, you know, type of client you got to work with. And so it's just. You see it all. You see everything. Okay, catered towards the individual, and everybody has preferences or things that are important to them. And so then you're just building that nutrition plan around that. That's right, yep. Yeah, how cool. So um, like just in some general terms for backpacking, and I I know you charge for your services, but but what would you recommend for um, like backpacking, uh, calorie intake? uh, What are some of the things that you think is really important? important for backcountry hunters where they could really get the most out of their nutrition? Yeah, I really think, you know, let's just throw a generic, um, Brian Barney's going to go on a eight day backpacking trip and, um, he's going to be hiking 3000 vertical feet a day. Um, you're going to need, I, I know you, I kind of know your body size. I know you have a pretty fast metabolism. Um, just by looking at you, I can tell that I've been doing this a while, but, um, I'd say you're going to need at least, you know, 3,500 to 4,000 calories a day in the backcountry. And that also comes to say with like, you're, you're not really going to need to be concerned about gaining a ton of fat while you're doing that. So get your calories while you can, like nuts and seeds are huge in fat. That's, that is where you get your most calories. So, and it takes up a little bit of space and it's very lightweight. So I would say you need to be having tons of nuts and seeds in your pack and, um, you know, lightweight things like jerky. That's a really great source of protein in a small amount of size. So, which is kind of what the backcountry eater needs. But then there's people that just go on day hikes and they can afford to pack the peanut butter and jelly sandwich in their bag. But, you know, you don't have that luxury when you're hiking back in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, those are reality-based uh, uh, nutrition that that I could follow, um, and I think also like I'm shorting myself a little calories, which 
I think in the end, like you really recover well when you're getting in those calories, replacing those calories. You just feel like you wake up that next day with all your energy back. I feel like a fresh human being where sometimes I'm hunting so hard that maybe I'll go less on my calories or I didn't get the meals in I wanted. And so maybe I was short on calories that day. The next day I feel it. And so I think you're right. I think I need to plan it a little bit better, more (laughs) calories per day and make sure I'm getting those in. So so I can hunt day after day because it's such an endurance-based you know, endeavor that we're on where you want to perform well on the eighth day of the hunt as well as the, the second day. Um, Maybe yeah, you that... didn't notice before, like, how good you could feel if you were getting enough calories every day. Like, maybe you don't notice that you're tanking out there because it's the best that you know. But maybe you don't know how good you could feel if you were getting the adequate amount of calories. every. Maybe you could go that next two ridges, you know, rather than having to stop and rest. Or you just – I think it's – I think it plays a big – role in our performance in the field oh i think you're spot on and that's like something that i can pay attention to and improve and i think i i'd get a a big return on my investment by doing that so i think i'm going to take your advice and spend more time (laughs) on it um up a little more calories (laughs) well and it yeah and it just has me thinking like some of those days you know like uh i train hard for each and every day and a lot of hunts i never get sore but then there's sometimes i think where i'm not getting my calories in where i almost wake up in the morning and my legs feel fatigued or tired or heavy and uh i think i could improve that a little bit you know not only by my training but by uh my nutrition and paying more attention to it yeah well, you must do a really good job because you're very successful. So I wouldn't say you're doing bad. Well, well, thank you. But you know, we're all trying to improve as we go, right? And just right, get the most right. out of this uh, meat vessel we have. Yes. <laughs> well, good. Um, well, Alicia, this has been a really interesting conversation. I'm so happy for you for the camps. Um, you also have a new podcast started too, right? Yeah, it's uh, brand new. So we're working on getting – awesome female hunting stories out there it's called ivory nutrition podcast oh good for you um yeah that's great uh you're always hustling you're always working hard and i know i'm gonna see a ton more success in your future (laughs) um so if you ever need anything give me a shout but thanks so much for being on thanks brian it was great thanks for having me all right guys that's a wrap Uh, Thanks again to Alicia for sitting in on the podcast and just sharing so much great information. Um, She's one of those gals that has figured out a way to be consistently successful. And then she's just so humble and um, so willing to share, you know, uh, 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 mishaps or share shortcomings and and just share her honest perspective on on bow hunting and so um it's just great she's uh she's a go-getter and a hustler she's got a bunch of things in the works uh make sure to show her some support on her ig page or ivory nutrition which she gave me some great advice on the podcast um and then her women's camps what a deal 50 dollars for these gals to come in and learn from her on shed hunting hunting and and just to build like a great community of women hunters so i just think it's a super deal and want to help her out wherever i can um, see what else does she got in the works? She's got her podcast going, uh, uh, through ivory nutrition. You can find it there. So she's just a hustler and, a, a great Western bow hunter. So, um, thanks again to her for being on the podcast. Uh, I want to thank Onyx for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, Onyx, just a tremendous resource for us Western hunters. Uh, I use their program nonstop on the hunt, before the hunt, after the hunt. Uh, it's just really helped me nail down Western hunting and, and find quality places. You know, they've got all the, the overlays on there that really help you gain information about the unit. And then I love that you can send waypoints now to your buddies. All I have to do is mark a waypoint and then they've got a way that I can share it and send it in a text message so I can send a text to my buddy, Dan, he opens it up and it's got that pin marked on Onyx. So if we want to meet at a camp spot, if we want to, um, you know, this year I shot a bull and he was going to help me pack it out. I could send him a waypoint on it. So, uh, it, it's just some great features. They're constantly evolving the app. And, uh, so it, it's just, it's great for scouting, hunting, and, uh, after the hunt, you can use it as your GPS. So you no longer have to have a, another GPS unit. 
Um, the maps will work. You just have to save them on there, and then your GPS will work even without cell phone service. So uh, just an absolute great app. I sure appreciate the support from those guys. And I'm also going to get together at the Western Hunting Expo, and uh, uh, we're going to get together and do a podcast with these guys again. And I really like it. These guys are go-getters. As far as Western hunting, they always have a, a ton to talk about. And then I always like to geek out on the new features that they have. Uh, they always get me up to speed on new overlays and things like that. So should make for an awesome recording. And uh, thanks to those guys for their continued support. With that, get my bags packed, head to the Western Expo here. Man, should be awesome. Get together with the Eastman's guys, record some good podcasts, and then uh, get back for a couple days and then headed out to the Olympic Peninsula, uh, just the finest place to go fish for for wild steelhead. I mean, maybe BC is. I haven't been there, but this is um, like BC, but accesses, and, and it's the Wild West, all glacial-fed rivers, so just teal blue, and just runs through the rainforest of just all this old-growth timber and ferns, and then there's just these silver bullet of steelhead that are the hardest fighting fish pound for pound that I've ever tied on to. Straight from the the salt, you know, within five to ten miles uh, of the ocean, um, they, you know, they get tidal pushes in there. There's 20 different river systems to fish. We go down with the spay rod, so a double-handed fly rod, and try to tie into some of those things. So, man, I am so jacked. Um, it's gonna be fun. So I'm hoping water levels will be good. It's been um, an absolute flood out there. Uh, water's been pretty high, but could mean it's good. If it goes clear or those things start clearing up, there'll be a lot of steelhead in, in, the, in the river system. So I'm absolutely pumped. Super excited about that. And, um, man, just thank you guys for the support. Uh, it's crazy to get to go on all these these cool adventures and then share it with you guys to, to be able to get to do this podcast. Uh, it, it's all from the support of you guys. So uh, thanks so much for listening in to the podcast. Um, I'm sure I'm glad that, that it connects with you guys and that um, you guys like what we're putting out. So just continue to work hard to bring you the best Western hunting information and, and share my journey, uh, you know, I have so much passion for this Western bow hunting and love it so much and just want to continue to work hard at it and improve my own personal game, share that with you guys and, and uh, share that great content that'll help make you guys better and give you guys more confidence. So, all right, that's a wrap. Um, Eastman's Elevated. Yeah, check in with you guys next week.